Welcome to episode number 50 and part two of Direct Connections with Johnny Mopar. Last week, we left you guys hanging off a cliff with Johnny about to tell his crazy near-death tin grill story, so we're going to pick up right where we left off. And like always, when Johnny and I talk Mopars, we have a good time, and sometimes we get a little carried away. So please know that there is some colorful language in this episode that may be unsuitable for younger listeners or those sensitive to bad words. Please be advised of that, but most importantly, enjoy the show. And without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth. And I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter. And this is Talking Mopar's Direct Connections. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Yeah, so I'll, I'll get right into the the big story. Yes, it, I was gonna, okay. I was going to ask you about this, but I wanted you to to lead us there. So go ahead. Yeah, I think we're there. I think we're there now. It's time. So you know, we would we would do this stupid stuff, and so this one night, you know, my buddy's power wagon, very similar to mine, um, earlier in the day, Todd and Eric were working on the brakes. They put the they they put brakes brake pads on the um or shoes or whatever on the uh on his truck on Eric's truck and so that night we're gonna go out drinking and you know hit the hills and you know have fun and go four buying so after dark for whatever reason we decided to and I think it was because well he's got to try his truck out because he just put brakes on it and stuff so and there was no issue with the brakes. But we all pile into his truck. We were younger back then. We were skinny, you know. <laughs> so there's four of us. There's four of us in this power wagon. Eric's in the driver's seat. I'm in the number two spot. Todd's in the number three spot. And Scott's in the number four spot against the passenger door. Right? So we go to takeoff. And this is not even a mile from Todd's house. It's all dirt roads out there. So we're cruising and then eric jumps on it and he had a 360 in his truck and whoever put that motor together put a nice cam in it i don't know what size it was or anything but that truck got on you know it was it was it was a badass truck so he gets on it kind of fishtails it a little bit and then todd talks smack and says oh now he gets on it because earlier in the day when they went for a test drive eric was just babying the truck around you know with the brakes so <laughs> Eric slams on the brakes and says, you could get out and walk. Just joking, you know. But when he did that, when he slammed on the brakes, it was the road had just the the dirt road there was all decomposed granite. It was DG. Uh And when he slammed on the brakes, it was right when the road kind of crested and started to go down, down slope a little bit. So the DG is like it's like marbles, you know. And beneath it is like hard dirt, you know, so you have hard dirt, decomposed granite on top of it, and you're slamming on the brakes and the weight of the truck is like lifting off of the truck, you know, because you're going over this crest and the truck pitched sideways. And I remember like if you're ever, if anybody's ever been in this situation, it's true what they say, like time slows down. It's uh 
I think it's the adrenaline that just shoots through your body and your mind is just thinking super fast, you know, but I, here we are sliding, going sideways where, where the road is like, if you can imagine the road straight, the truck is sliding off of the road, you know, starting to drift off the road, but it's completely sideways. And I'm looking out the passenger window, which is the forward direction we're going. And I remember thinking like, all this is in seconds, but I remember thinking to myself, like, Scott's going to die. Todd's going to die. And I'm probably going to live. I might live. I think I said I might live. (laughs) (laughs) Eric, this asshole, has got a seatbelt on. He's going to survive. The the three of us didn't have seatbelts, but he had his seatbelt on. And the trucks only only came with three seatbelts, you know, didn't have four. Yeah. There's four of us in there. But um, just as this truck is sliding, and I, I want to say we're within a couple of feet of impact. You know, there's this huge tree. I don't know if I said that. I guess I didn't. There's this huge pepper tree that is squared up with the cab. And that's why I'm saying, you know, we're going to yeah. hit that tree. Scott's going to die. Todd's going to die. I might live. I'm probably going to be pretty screwed up. Yeah. And then Eric's probably going to be okay, you know. And I'm looking at this tree. And just before impact, the the truck lunged forward just enough where the cab didn't hit square with the tree. The cab was just in front of the tree. So the side of the bed between where the wheel is and where the cab is, is where the tree impacted the side of the truck. And I can't describe to you the, the sound, man. It's like the biggest bang you've ever heard. I mean, just huge bang. And then everything went black. I couldn't see anything, but I'm awake. I'm conscious, you know, and it's like being in, um, like a dryer, like, you know, a washing machine, like you wash your clothes in a dryer, you dry your clothes in, you're inside of it, getting hit from every angle, every side. I just remember being hit everywhere. And it was like, holy crap, you know. And then finally, in the, the metal crushing, like the sound the metal makes just crushing. And it was just, it was like almost never ending, you know, it just kept, and I'm just, you're getting hit, getting hit and just going on forever, you know. And then finally, it's like, it, it ends. And I remember it's like looking, I'm trying to open my eyes as big as possible. and I can't see anything. It is pitch black. Like, holy crap. And I turn around and behind me, I can see the the window, the rear window of the truck. You know, I could see light coming in because it was like a full moon that night. Or I don't know if it was a full moon, but it was a bright moonlit night. So you can make out the window. That's it. Everything else is black. All I could do is make out the window. And he had those sliding opening windows, you know? Yeah. So I turn around. I go out the window. I turn back around and I, Eric's right behind me, you know, he comes out the window and, you know, I'm thinking Scott's dead. I'm like yelling for Scott. I'm like, Scott, Scott, are you okay? Are you okay? Nothing. And I'm like, and it's like your, your fear that something bad has happened is just like rising. Right. And then, uh, 
I, I'm yelling, Todd, are you okay? And he goes, yeah, but I'm stuck. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm thinking, like, it, you know, is the truck laying on his arm or whatever? Oh, and, he, and then I go, what about Scott? Scott, okay. I, I'm screaming, right? I'm screaming as loud as you can. And Scott or Todd turns to Scott and he's like in the most mellow, calm voice. He goes, Scott, are you okay? And Scott's like, yeah, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) Asshole. Oh, man. You didn't hear me screaming? So Scott gets out. uh, Todd had to take his jacket off to get out. Now, do you remember the Levi jackets? They're like the denim jackets with like kind of the wool inside of them. Okay. Kind Mm -hmm. of old school. I mean, popular back then. Yeah. Um, He had one of those on. and. So he had gone over when the truck hit, he went, I think Scott ducked down (laughs) and Todd went over him. And then he got between the, uh, the door frame, like the window frame and the top of the cab right when it crushed and it grabbed that, um, that jacket and it pinched it in between. It's like, it's a good thing he had that jacket on and he had this huge red mark on his back where, so I think his skin got in there too, but. The, it, the jacket kept it from going in too far, you know. Um, Scott cut his pinky finger, had to get four stitches or something like that. Give him shit for that all the time. And uh, <laughs> get out. And I, I could feel I could feel something wet, you know. I just, uh. I'm like touching him like, oh, crap, there's blood, you know. And uh, the, the, the four of us are there and I'm looking at the three of my friends and I'm like, well, how bad is it, you know. And Eric's like, oh, it's not that bad. And Todd's like, no, it looks fine. And then Scott's like, oh, my, it looks terrible. (laughs) And they're like, like, Scott, you idiot, you're going to freak him out. (laughs) So they said it looked like a kind of like a a shrimp, you know, spread apart. It was had this big old cut right here. Yeah. So flannels were cool back then. I had a flannel on. I took it off and I tied it around my forehead. And, uh, I was like, you know, we're, we're, we're in shock. It's like, I, we had been drinking, but, um, I wouldn't say we were hammered drunk. You know, we had a few drinks enough to go to jail over. Right. Sure. You know, and, and we just hit this tree. And so the, we hit the tree, the truck went through a chain link fence and it's laying in some guy's front yard. Uh, and when I, when, we are all out of the truck. You know, I reached inside the cab and I turned the headlights off because the truck, the lights were on. The truck was dead, of course. And it's just a mangled heap on its roof. You know, it's laying on its roof. I don't know. if Did I make that out? Because when when I came out of that back window, the bed of the truck was over my head, you know. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. This thing was upside down. So freaking out. What do we do? So it's like, well, it's, we got to go home. So we we ran home, which was, you know, probably a little less than a mile or so. We get home. It's like, what are we going to do? You know, the cops are going to show up and stuff. I said, dude, we got to we got to go get that. We got to get the beer because we had loaded the truck up with alcohol. You know, back then, I'm going to I'm just going to be honest and say it. But um, Zima was new back then and I liked it. <laughs> but I caught a lot of shit for it. So we were all loaded on Mike's hard lemonade and we yeah. rolled the truck. 
right? <laughs> so oh, when this, tri- I mean, I, we had like, I, I don't know, we had probably four 12 packs, I'm going to guess, in the truck. And when the truck hit the tree and spun in the in this guy's front yard, like it was like a sprinkler went off, you know, beer, Zima, everything <laughs> just went everywhere, oh, everywhere. Man. Right. So I tell him, I'm like, we got to get back over there. We got to get all this beer. You know, we got to get all this alcohol. We got to gather it up before the cops show up. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. Well, Scott's like, well, I'm going to Magic Mountain tomorrow or something like that. So he's like, I got to go. So he he bails. He goes to urgent care. He gets his four stitches on his pinky finger, right? Here I am, blood all over my face. And uh, Eric, it's, it's like, we got to do something. I can't remember. I think, I don't know if it was Todd's back was just hurting so bad or whatever it was. He didn't go with us. So it's like, okay. We're going to jump in my truck because my power wagon was at Todd's too. So Eric and I jump in my truck. Here's the plan. Because my truck's super loud, right? I just had this guy follow us with a shotgun. Uh, I said, okay. Nobody came out of the house, by the way. Like, there, nobody came out anywhere. The truck's just laying in this front yard, and there's no people around it. You know, we ran. We ran home. So I was like, here's the plan. We're going to drive down to my truck. It's super loud. So you're going to jump out. You gather all the beer up. I'm going to go to the end of the dirt road, turn around, come back. And we're going to throw all the stuff into my truck. And then we're going to go home. And then we'll come back. You know, we keep coming back and checking on, see if the guys come out of the house or something, you know. And he's like, yeah, that's a good plan. So we're driving down, Eric jumps out, goes to gather beer and stuff. And I keep going up the street. I get to the, I'm getting to the end of the dirt road and then it turns pavement, right? It's kind of like an L shape and art. Think of it as a T shape. I'm on the, one of the T's, but it's dirt. And then it's pavement in the other direction. So I can kind of see the paved street far away and then it curves to the left, right? I could see a car coming and I've been back in those days. I got pulled over all the time. Right. So you kind of you kind of get to know the cops. I know what they look like. Demo. I know what they look like. <laughs> I know I know what they don't like to see. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they don't like to see a vehicle stop and turn around. It's like, well, why would you come to the end of the road and then turn around? So I'm like, just in case it's a cop, I don't want to look suspicious. I'm going to go straight. And then when I see it's not a cop, I'm going to turn around, come back, pick up Eric. Right. So I go straight. It's a freaking cop. It's a freaking <sighs> sheriff. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. And you could see the truck from the road, right? Uh, you can, but only right in front of, like, you'd have to be right in front of that house. And you can look over, you can see it. It wasn't as obvious as you might think. There was plenty of bushes and stuff like that. Oh, like, okay. you, unless you were looking, especially it's nighttime. I mean, it was moonlit. But if you're driving down that dirt road, you never know. There was a truck laying upside down in some guy's yard. You so know? the cop's not going to look over and see your buddy holding a bunch of beer <laughs> with well, a rolled yeah. truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. If he doesn't make oh. any noise, he might not. Oh. But so I, I go straight to cop like oh shit another cop and i'm like oh my god and and i could get like as i'm going up the hill and i'm looking back the two cops like pulled up next to each other and we're sitting at the end of the dirt road like talking you know and i'm thinking like oh they're they're doing their little 
we're going to get our game plan together and then we're going to go over there and see what's going on, you know? So I'm using telepathy at this point and I'm like screaming, like Eric, like run, run, just run, dude. You know, know, I can't turn around. They're going to get me if I turn around. So I kept going and then I had to go all the way around and I'm four buying through the Hills trying to get back to Todd's house because where he lived, there was really only one way in off of paved streets. You know, you could get there through off-road, you know, a lot of off-road trails and stuff like that. But um, so I had to take those to get back to the house. I wasn't going to drive by the cops, you know, so because they were right at the only entrance, you know. Oh, man. So I don't know how long it took, but I get back to the house and <laughs> Eric comes flying out like, where the F were you? You know, like. Here you are, you dropped me off and you abandoned me, right? To gather all this beer. So he's like, he's like, I gathered what I could, which I think, like I said, I think we had about four 12 packs. He had like maybe six or eight bottles, right? (laughs) It's like nothing. It was nothing compared to what we had. Uh, And he's like, he waited for me. He waited for me. And when he knew, he's, you could tell I wasn't coming back. He started running down the street with these uh. six or eight bottles back to the house. So I told him what happened, that these cops had showed up. And I thought they were showing up for the accident. But they weren't. They were just, they just happened to be there. And they just happened to stop right there and were just BSing with each other. Wow. They, weren't, they weren't there for us. So it's like crap. So we think we went back. Maybe one more time at night. and No, I, actually, I don't think we did. I think we just slept it off. And then the next morning, I mean, I dude, I could not sleep. I mean, talk about the stress level, right? So I'm like, dude, first thing in the morning, we got to get when it's daylight. As soon as you can start to see, we need to get over there and start gathering up all these bottles and stuff. So it was like, I don't know, five or... I think it was 5 a.m. So it was still dark, but it was like, you know, you could it's you could see the lightness coming a little mm-hmm. bit. You could see a little bit. And we drove down there in my truck and we're going through the yard, gathering up all the bottles we can. There's still nobody outside. <laughs> Drive home, dump off all the alcohol. We did that like two or three times. So I think by the third time, we were pretty confident. Like we we had cleaned up all the evidence that there was any you know, alcohol involved. Except for all the blood. There's blood everywhere. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it smells like beer, but all we see is blood. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, dude, this thing, this truck hit so hard, it it ripped the um, the perch that's welded onto the frame where the front leaf spring attaches to. Yeah. It had just ripped it away. Oh and the whole truck was just mangled. It was just wadded up, you know. And like I said, it was on its roof. So we went to my parents' house, which which was probably a couple of miles away off-road wise, grabbed some chains and I grabbed some spare rims, you know, those bent rims that I had, brought those because it blew out all the tires on the truck. All the tires were flat. Um, we threw a chain around. Well, so we find when we finally probably 7 a.m. or so, the owners of the house or they were actually tenants. They actually came out. And uh, the guy was like, oh, and we're like, hey, you know, we had an accident last night. We'll totally pay for your chain link fence. Like, sorry about all that. <laughs> and he was like, 
oh no problem no big deal he's like it's not my house anyway it's the landlord's you know and uh <laughs> he goes we're like well we'll pay for it so eric gave his information to the guy to give to the landlord so that we would pay for the fence but the guy never ended up calling us or anything but the guy that was living there was like i thought i heard a big bang and he's like He's like, I came to the window and I looked and I didn't see anything. So I just went back to bed. <laughs> so wow. I think we probably turned the lights off of the truck just at the right time. You know, oh, that's funny. Wow. Yeah. You guys are lucky, so, man. That's. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's, uh, it's not every day that you come that close to, I, you know, I feel, you know, people can write it off like no big deal, but. Yeah, I, I realized like I came within inches of death. I mean, if that truck hit the cab, I mean, the cab hit the tree square. Like, I, I you know, I was probably right. I think Todd and Scott would probably be dead and they'd probably be my airbag. You know, I might live, but, you know, I may not be a happy camper. Um, but it could have got real ugly. I mean, just and we weren't going that fast, even though Eric was romping on it and stuff. The truck was maybe only going 45 miles an hour. You know, it wasn't it wasn't stupid fast. But at that speed, hitting a solid stationary object, yeah. I mean, when you see pictures of the truck, it's like, whoa, there's a lot of energy there. You know, it oh, just yeah. got absorbed by the truck. Yeah, that's, man, what a crazy story. I, I think we can yeah. take a few things away from this. Number one kids don't drink and drive number two yes always wear your safety belts and number three for the love of god if you die you don't want to tell jesus that you're drinking zimas okay yeah right <laughs> that's lord, exactly it lord that's we were drinking jack and cokes and things got crazy right you know. <laughs> okay come on in you know <laughs> no Zima? man that's no you're going back out man that's a crazy story i i i you posted pictures right I'm pretty sure you posted. Uh, no, so I've po I haven't posted pictures of Eric's truck yet. Uh, I, I might have in the past, but um, I was kind of because I'm sure I'm assuming you're going to air this probably Monday or something. I'm going to try, yeah. Okay, well, that's I, the I plan. mean, I was sort of I don't have a lot of pictures of the power wagon actually, unfortunately. I mean, it was the '90s; like we didn't have cell phones with cameras. It was, you know, yeah. Getting I, I pictures was hard. For some reason, but, I thought maybe it was somebody else. I thought I saw a picture of a wrecked truck and there was a crazy story attached to it. And I thought it was you. Yeah. Yeah, it was probably me. I, I posted the story before in the past, so you probably saw it. But, and um, there was but pictures not recently. Of, but there was pictures of the truck wrecked? Yes. I, okay. I know I have several of them, okay. but I've lost them. I have one, but it... it, it you, that one picture is all you need to see how bad it was. You know, I, I, I was pretty sure it was you that posted a picture. You, you posted the story and then I swear, I thought there was a picture that accompanied it, but maybe not. I'm not sure. I, I probably did, oh, okay. but I, I think it was a while ago. Cause I yeah. haven't, I haven't talked about it recently. Cause I remember but... you mentioned it and this was long after I think I saw that post and I was like, oh, I think I, and it rang a bell. I was like, ah, huh, I think I, but I didn't know the detail. Like I, you know, yeah. I'm just learning all the little details now. That's crazy. Did you end yeah. up getting stitches? I did. I, I went the next, after we took care of the truck. So we, 
threw a chain around the truck with my truck and we pulled the truck back over on its wheels. We had to pull the truck from the rear backwards to get the leaf spring to get close to the frame. And then we threw a chain around the frame and the, uh, the leaf spring to hold it from, because it would, it would want to, you know, dig into the ground and then basically just carve into the ground. We couldn't pull it. So we had to pull it backwards and then chain it up. And then we put, I only had two spare tires, the bent rims, you know, we put those on the front of his truck just to drag it. So we drug it, drug it with my truck from that guy's front yard all the way to my parents' place. So, um, yeah. And it, so another little bit of a funny was, I can't remember how long the truck was there. It was there a few weeks at my parents' place. And, and my parents have two and a half acres. My dad's a car guy. He's got tons of cars. I've told you I have tons of cars, right? It should be no big deal. But for whatever reason, one day, it, they had this single wide trailer that my dad used as a shop. And my bedroom became the end of it, you know? So I got to sleep in there. So I'm like down close to where the truck is sitting in its mangled state. One morning I'm laying there and I can hear just this. I'm like, what the hell? I open the door and there's my dad with the yellow 76 Dodge van, the chain wrapped around it. And he's got it hooked to Eric's truck and he's trying to pull it out of the yard. But the van is just a, uh, a peg leg, you know, <laughs> it can't, it can't pull this mangled truck. That's got two flats on the rear and the tires just like he was trying to jerk it. The chain would jerk and then the tire would just spin. Oh, and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, code enforcement's going to get on us. We got to get this thing out of here. He wanted to just <laughs> abandon it out in the hills. <laughs> like I go, ah, right, just calm down. Let me, let me call Eric. Let me, you know, let's try to take care of this. In that time, Eric had found another truck, um, but it was a, what do you call it? A ute line or the ute, ute line? Steps, ute yeah, line. Yeah. No, it, it was, was a step side. side. Yeah. No step side, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> ute line. It was a ute yeah, line. Sure. Uh, four by, and he pulled the drivetrain out of the mangle truck and was going to put it in this other truck, but he just hadn't done it yet. So, and he also had a 67 Chrysler that he bought really cheap with a 440 in it. He bought for the motor and the trans. And so I called him up like, dude, my dad is flipping out. Like, we got to get your sh your stuff out of here. Got to get your truck out of here, you know. It's like, all right. You know, so that day he came over and we ripped the drivetrain out of it. There was a guy that that lived, you know, within a mile or two from us that scrapped metal. You know, he was just a big scrapper and he'd have like a big 40 foot dumpster thing. So we took the truck, we took what was left of the truck to him and he just cut it up and threw it into the dumpster, you know, made it and disappear. then made it disappear. He's like the mob guy that takes care of the bodies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the evidence is gone. It never happened. <laughs> so but oh yeah so sorry going back uh after we drugged that truck to my place then i went to urgent care yeah and then the, the doctor's like dude you could have had a concussion like you should have came right away you yeah. know and it's like well if you only knew 
know? They always but, tell people, hey, don't go to sleep if you've been hitting the head very hard. Johnny's snoozing, waking up to his dad trying to yeah. yank the truck with the van. Right. No, oh. that, that happened weeks and weeks later. But Oh, it was sitting there for weeks. Yeah, it was sitting oh, there for weeks. I didn't put My that buddy, together. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was I thought it your was dad was just later. super paranoid. I was like, wow, he acted real quick on yeah. that. Get no. it out of here. <laughs> no. no, it took a while. But he, he just tripped. He didn't uh, – I had no idea, you know, like usually people are like, man, we really got to get that thing out of here. You know, it's yeah. kind of, you kind of start ratcheting up to it. No, he just went from like, you know, mellow to full tilt. It's got to <laughs> get out of here today. So uh. we had to rip the motor out of it that day and then junk the truck and rip the 440 out of the, the New Yorker and then junk the car. Yeah. Is that a situation where your buddy just kept the title and just basically tore it up or what? Or did he have to give it to the scrapper guy? No, he didn't need to get he my yeah. my buddy kept all that stuff. Yeah. He did keep all that stuff. So Wow. Yeah. Crazy man. I hear stories yeah. like that. Like my buddy, he um I don't know if he probably doesn't want me telling this story, so I won't tell his name. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> I don't even know if he listens to this podcast anymore, but he uh he was in his uh family van. They had a um like when the Dodge Caravans got restyled and they were like the bubble the spaceship mm-hmm. looking vans. Mm-hmm. Um, he had been up partying the night before. I don't know to what extent, but he had his mom and his younger brother. I think just one of his younger brothers in the van and he fell asleep behind the wheel and rolled Whoa. it with them inside. Thank, oh my God. Thank God they all lived. Yeah. The van. I mean, thank God Chrysler builds good stuff. Cause yeah, that van pretty much saved their lives. Wow. But, you know, I hear stories like that. And I'm just like, I couldn't even imagine. You know, I've been in minor car accidents, you know, nothing too crazy. But yeah. anytime a roll is involved, that just, I get anxiety. Like my hands were getting sweaty as you were talking about that. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Dude, I, I hope nobody ever goes through that. I mean, it Man. was just, when you see what's left, it was just like, wow. I'm, I'm really surprised we survived even in its current state, but, you know, being there and seeing that tree come right for the the cab and then that last two feet or so having the truck just, just slide forward just enough where it hit behind the cab that I think that was the difference between life and death, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, I don't want to get too, too religious on anybody, but that incident you know, I've always struggled with, uh, is God there or not, you know, and that incident, I said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to give it my best foot forward to explore that possibility, you know? Yeah. So I think I went to church that, that following, uh, God, Sunday. I, I would have ended up <laughs> going to church. I would have. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, you know, you know, my opinion, I, God was watching over you. He said, you know what, yeah. Johnny, my son. You need to be on Talking Mopar someday, so That's we're going right. to spare you this time. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and next time, it better be some Jack Daniels or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> something worthy of you uh, coming and entering no, the pearly gates. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I totally get it. I've had a couple, not car accident related, but I've had a couple near-death situations, and there's just that. When it's over and you're thinking about it, like, how in the hell did I manage to get through that? Yeah. You know, it's like maybe yeah. divine intervention, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could have been. Yeah. You know, crazy. I, I took it as such. I took, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I've got friends that are 
full-blown atheists, you know? <laughs> and, uh, like, one of my friends is like, well, it, and I'm not trying to push anybody one way or the other, but, you know, you'd said something like, uh, well, if there was a God, why didn't you just say, hey, John, don't get into the truck, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's like... Well, okay, I, I guess. Yeah, that's true. It's all about <laughs> but, learning lessons. Come on. Right? Yeah, you're not going to learn any lessons just not yeah. getting in the truck. So you got to go through that horrific experience to to really get it. A wake-up call, you know? Yeah. So let me but, ask you this. After that happened and you realize, okay, I, I escaped death. Mm -hmm. Were you like, I need to buy more, more uh, Mopars right now? I need to yeah, go buy more chargers. Short. I got to get as many <laughs> as I can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Damn. Wow. That's insane, man. Do you, do you still um, talk to your buddies? Yeah. Uh, Todd moved to Missouri. Mm. Uh, I don't talk to him much. I mean, I, I think it's been a couple of comments here and there through Facebook. He came out probably like seven or eight years ago when we saw him. Um, I, I see Scott like maybe every couple of years or so. He lives out in Long Beach. Um, Eric lives fairly close by, and I talk to him every now and then on the phone. Um, but I've seen him. I, I see him not as often, but yeah. I do see him every now and then. He's he's also buddies with my buddy, John Jones. And he John painted his – he's got a 69 Roadrunner. Um, with it's a three D three four speed car, vitamin C. It's beautiful, nice. beautiful car he's putting together. Um, John painted that, and then he's got a sixty nine GTX. He's got his high school car, sixty nine Roadrunner with a three eighty three. He still has it. Looks exactly the same as he had it in high school. <laughs> so kind of funny, but he's held on to it all these years. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't blame Todd. I would have moved as far away from you as possible too. You tried <laughs> yeah. to kill him once, and then you almost died with him once. Right. Yeah, see right. ya. Nice knowing you, Johnny. <laughs> exactly. I'll take my chances in Missouri. <laughs> right. Oh, hey, man. but it was Eric. He had to get away from. Eric was driving, <laughs> not me. So. <laughs> uh, gosh. But. Crazy man. Um, you mentioned your dad's van. Now I know recently yeah. you posted a picture of it on Facebook. Your dad had a boogie van. Is that what it's called? The yeah, boogie van? When they have the porthole I mean, windows and they're kind of like okay. the 70 hippie van, boogie van. I don't like the term creeper van because yeah. I don't think they're creeper vans unless, I don't know, I guess if you were 17 and you had a crazy, crazy van back in the day and now you're 57 and yeah, you yeah. still have it and you yeah. still have it and you still think you're 17 and you're trying to talk to women that are young or you know, God forbid See, girls. The, like, yeah, you're you're a creeper. <laughs> you know? I think it's the eighties vans that are kind of the the creeper vans, you know. Yeah. And if they're it's usually a custom just... van, it's not a creeper van, it's a cool van. Oh. You know? <laughs> it's the it's the work vans with no writing on it when when they're beat up. Yeah. You know, when it's like it looks like a painter's van, but there's no like, you know, John's painting. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, when it's unmarked, it's like mm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's funny because yeah. the ones that have the bumper stickers that say, don't laugh, your daughter might be in here. Those are probably the safest ones. <laughs> you yeah, know, probably. A real creep's not going to advertise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but so tell us this about your dad's boogie van. Oh, yeah. Dude, I mean, I can remember 
he bought it used on a uh, used car lot. It was a 76, and I think he bought it, it would have been in the early 80s. So, and I remember he paid a thousand bucks for it. And I remember his payments were like a hundred dollars a month or something like that. So (laughs) that was probably an aggressive payment for, you know, a thousand dollar van. But, um, but yeah, dude, we did everything in that van. We take it camping. My dad would fly model airplanes. It's called free flight. And it's like, you build, you build these airplanes out of balsa wood and tissue paper and put these two stroke motors on them. Hmm. The whole premise of the thing is you basically are allowed a certain engine run for like say seven seconds. I think it starts 11 seconds and then it goes down to seven seconds or something like that. So within that seven seconds, you got to get the plane as high as possible. And then it has to stay in the air for five minutes or more. So they would fly out in the desert where all these, you know, heat and thermals and stuff like that are. So the plane would get a lot of lift and, You'd fly these things, you'd either have timers or a fuse on it, and the stabilizer would pop after the five minutes, and then the plane would, ideally, it would come down. We'd chase them with dirt bikes, and then you'd get the plane, you'd go back, and you'd do it all over again. And every time you got one of those, it was a max. But anyway, the van, we went camping to do that stuff in the van all the time. That thing was the daily driver. My parents drove it constantly. So it was a big part of my whole childhood growing up along with my mom's uh-huh. 72 charger, you know, very cool. Does so, your dad still have the van? No, oh. unfortunately. Oh. Yeah. It, it sucks. Cause you know, uh, he, he ended up getting a 72, which was a, a longer van mm-hmm. with a 360 in it. The, the yellow van had a 318 in it. Um, and he drove that one for a while too. And I didn't grow up in that van. But um, after a while, I think something went wrong with it. Something broke on the frame or something. Maybe it was the steering on it. And uh, he got worried about, I think code enforcement actually nailed him on it. Because I think I told you, and I told you the car that was the Chrysler that was buried in the backyard. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at some point there was a. Uh, they wanted to put a highway through his property, like connecting two other major freeways. Mm. And he was right in the path of that. And so they were sending code enforcement out to that. Everybody in that stretch, they were just nailing them because it's rural and people have all kinds of shit out there, you know, oh, yeah. like trailers and junk cars and trucks and who knows, whatever it is. <laughs> and they would come in there and nail all these guys to get them to clean up their yards. So my dad had to get rid of a lot of stuff and he ended up giving the vans to uh, my sisters. My sister, one of my sisters is just bad news, (laughs) drugs and stuff Mm. and tweaker friends and gave the vans to her tweaker buddies and they just cut it up. So, well, I don't know if they cut it up. They scrapped. I think it's got scrapped though. Sure. So now, I'm trying to, you have to forgive me because I've been looking at a lot of vans recently. Yeah. Did yeah. that, did the yellow van have a porthole in it? Yeah. And did mag, it have the round? Mag, yeah. Mag wheels yeah. too or what? Yeah. Yeah. He had slotted wheels on yes. it. Yes. Yeah, it was cool. Dude, actually, um, so another bad thing about being out in rural areas is people dump stuff out there all the time, right? Like mm-hmm. they dump their trash. Yeah. There was this one property and... It was like they had, it was like a ravine in this property. Nobody lived there, 
but people are just dumping like tires and rims and stuff like that in there, right? And there was a whole bunch of uh, molds, fiberglass molds for vans. I don't know if it'll fit a Dodge or if it's a Ford or whatever, but I went and took all these things home. I never made any fiberglass out of them. As far as I know, they're still at my parents' house somewhere, but there's like these fiberglass molds for the, you know, the flares you put around the wheel well openings and stuff like that. Yeah, Johnny. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. If, yes. I'll have to ask him. See yes. if he still has that stuff. Let's figure this thing out. Do you know, <laughs> you might be onto something because it's hard to find that stuff now. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we might have to start doing some yeah. fiberglass work on the side, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Make some wings yeah. and some spoilers and. I love how so, you know I've been obsessed flares. with vans for a minute now, and you failed to tell me that you found a bunch of fiberglass <laughs> yeah. molds for fender flares for custom vans. Thanks, Johnny. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, that's hey, awesome. I told you now. Yeah, no. No, definitely look into that for me. That'd be cool. I yeah. will. Because it's not cheap, I'll tell you that. Those. <laughs> I thought, you know, I guess with it being such a small market now because obviously the van craze is you know all but dead you know there's still some hardcore vanners though man yeah. i i found <laughs> it's funny when you when you dive deep into these little pockets of mopar culture and you find the vans <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. so funny and it's not just mopar vans it, you know vanning is still around you know these two yeah. these two percenters it's hilarious um in a good way i like i love yeah. it i grew up my dad you know took me everywhere in his van and we went to van fairs and you know by the time i was around you know in the mid late 80s the van you know shows and like events had tamed down quite a bit you know all those people were older and had kids so it was more family oriented but mm -hmm. You know, you look into some of the history back in the day, man. It's like every van, they, they call them truck-ins or uh, mm, van fairs yeah. or whatever. Like every single one of them was like Sturgis for vans. <laughs> it's yeah, just yeah. like I, I didn't realize until I started doing some real looks into the history of vanning how crazy it was back in the 70s. Like there was one event, um, the Van Nationals, I think it was, where like thousands upon thousands of vans descended on this little i think it was a campground um or fairgrounds in uh colorado somewhere and okay. i guess it was it it's a whole different culture you know i'm used yeah. to the muscle car culture and other cultures that have been around in my era but you know looking at hippie-ish huh yeah it's, hippie it's, it's crazy yeah and it's something else it looked like a lot of fun. Like I think yeah. back and I'm like, I probably would have did exactly what my dad did. I probably, yeah. the gas cruncher would have come around. I probably would have been stupid. I probably would have sold my muscle car and I probably would have bought a van and I probably would have, you know, yeah. God knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, but. Dude, do you, I, I know you're, you're younger than I am, but, um, you're what, like 35 ish or something yeah, I'm, like I'm that. I'm 35. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is probably before your time, but when I was a kid, uh, in elementary school, we had the metal lunch boxes. Mm -hmm. you, you've probably seen them. Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. So one of the most popular ones was a Star Wars lunchbox, right? And, and yeah, well, anyway, Star Wars. I wanted that freaking lunchbox so bad, and I got, I got the cheap uh, 
I, I did get a Dukes of Hazard one. Nice. But it wasn't the metal one. It was the plastic one, which is like the cheap version. <laughs> yeah. So you got made fun of when you had the cheap plastic ones. So I had to keep begging. And eventually my <laughs> parents bought me the Star Wars one. So I had that. And dude, I I have it here somewhere. I still have it. It was actually in the trunk of my mom's charger when oh. I brought it home back in 2000s some point. But anyways, um, that famous picture on the front of that lunchbox, it's got the X-Wing fighter and it's shooting at a TIE fighter, I believe. Okay. Right? There was a Dodge van by my parents' house in this property. It was all black. Had the mural. It did. It had the <laughs> yes! X-Wing fighter on the side yes! with the, the laser shooting off of it at this oh. X-Wing or this TIE fighter. Nice. Yeah, it was bad. And all the stars on it and stuff like that. It was awesome. That is it, cool. it was a it was a long van. So it didn't have the pod window like my dad's did. It had the it had the huge window. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. The, the whole tail of the van was longer. Mm -hmm. And then it had a big old window back there. Like there's probably some plush couch on the other side of that glass, you know, <laughs> but yeah, it was cool. I always thought it was always sort of like, man, that would be cool to have. And I thought about knocking, but it was like, what am I going to do with a fan? You know, there was I was still party. too busy. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you're going to yeah. do. You're going to party. <laughs> no, man, I, I was too busy spending my money on chargers and <laughs> hey, stuff like that. So. I don't blame you one bit. Keep yeah. the van. I'll have the chargers. <laughs> right, know? right. Um, yeah, that's one thing about vans and trucks. You know, don't get me wrong. I love Mopar muscle cars, but the chances of you seeing the same one, you know, you could mm -hmm. go to a show and you got a 69 charger. It's black, you know, sweet. You could go yeah. to a show and see the exact same. I mean, pretty close to the same car. Yeah. You go to a van show. I mean, if you look at some of these magazines, because I don't know if anybody out there listening was the one, but I've been bidding on these little lots of van magazines on ebay and i've been getting yeah. into these little bidding wars and it's really starting to piss me off but <laughs> they're so expensive man they're selling yeah. single van magazines for 40 dollars. i'm like are you out of your mind wow. but my dad has a whole collection of them but he doesn't know where nice. they're at he, he's got boxes of them so i'm like hey dad you know how much those things are worth <laughs> i just i just want to check them out but you never see a, one van look exactly like the other one unless it's plain because the cool yeah. thing about vans was people were doing that crazy stuff with the murals and the airbrushing and yeah. you know it allowed the creativity you know especially when you talk about the interiors too you know you're talking about a home on wheels a nightclub on wheels or yeah. whatever you yeah. know just insane much like the mini trucks and the street truck scene where you're probably oh, never going to see one exactly the same yeah whereas in the muscle car scene you might see you know they're still yeah. cool you might see two you know f8 green you know charger rts you know that look yeah. exactly the same but yeah i don't know i that's just what makes me a car guy i guess i just love it all i like seeing all the different cultures within so when 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 uh you were saying that you know, back in the day when you're dragging your dart home, I guess, or maybe you and your dad went to go look at that, that possible GTS, right? Oh, was yeah. It a GTS or a formula? I think it was a it was GTS. A right? It was a formula S that we went to go look at. Okay. It was a fastback. Yeah. Okay. Like that time you were saying it's pretty dry. Like there wasn't a whole lot of Mopars around and stuff. Mm. Did you, did you guys go to boneyards a lot and stuff? And did you see any vans in there? This area we had a few boneyards but they eventually got knocked down pretty quick i think the last time we have a little highway here um 
that's pretty popular for wrecking yards. And to be honest, they're going away one by one. So like we had a classic wrecking yard actually right by my current work. And that was, gosh, it's probably been gone for 20 years. Yeah. So I mean, you have a couple like dedicated classic bone yards now. Yeah. But when I was a kid, not really, not really anything special. It was a lot of, there was a, a series of wrecking yards called Fitz. And they were basically just whatever got wrecked on the road. You know, nothing crazy wow. special. But like now you have Wildcat Mopars out of Oregon. Yeah. They're badass. Yeah. I can't wait to go down there. I'm trying to go down there and do a podcast from there. I got to talk to those people because they're pretty cool. And oh, they've got a lot sweet. of they got a lot of cool stuff. And they actually have yeah. a couple vans that I was looking at. Um, but I've already committed to Stacy's. I'm getting oh, that. Oh, so van. you're gonna get yeah. it. I don't know. I'm trying I'm aiming for spring. I gotta sell some more t shirts <laughs> and uh nice. figure out how I'm gonna get it home because it's the bigger wheelbase. Stacy said he can fit it on a uh, or he towed it home um on a sixteen footer. So I'm thinking about trying to buy a trailer myself this winter. But I okay. that's gonna take me some t shirt selling and <laughs> buy some <laughs> stickers, please. Um, but yeah, I want that van. Um, they're just hard to find and Stacy's a buddy, so I feel if I'm gonna if I'm gonna buy one and my buddy's got one, I might as well buy one from somebody I trust. You know what yeah. I mean? And he's yeah. to be honest, he's giving me a really good deal that he doesn't have to. So Stacy, right. if you're listening, thank you very much, buddy. And I told him, you know, because he wants to see the van go to somebody who's gonna appreciate it. Because he right. you know, he's restoring a seventy CUDA. So you know, his priority obviously is with the CUDA. I can't blame yeah. him there. Um, yeah. And he realized that he's, you know, it's been sitting for three years and he's probably not going to get to it for a while. So why yeah. not give it to somebody who, you know, says he's going to do something with it like me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I just, I realized that if I got a van that I would have essentially replaced all the vehicles that my dad let go, that he let get away. Mm -hmm. His Dart. Mm -hmm. So I got basically the same Dart. If I get a van, we got the van and then the turbo Mopars. We kind of went overboard with that. So we got plenty of those. So uh, I would have replaced all of all the cars he let get away that I've always wished that we still had. And, yeah. you know, I, I do want to keep searching for his van. I've got as many vanners locally and even um, as far as California looking for any information or even the van itself. But I don't have very many pictures of it. So... I hope that somebody recognizes it. I mean, long shot because my yeah. dad sold it to my uncle and a couple years later, my uncle offered it back to my dad, but my dad had no place to park it and he regrets it to this day, not buying it back yeah. for a thousand bucks. But uh, he, uh, my uncle sells it to some kid up in Bellingham, Washington. And I guess shortly after the kid bought it, I guess he wrecked it. I don't know how bad, I don't know where it ended up. I don't know if yeah. it was totaled. So I reached out to as many vanners as I could just to maybe there's some See? something maybe if someone just said hey yeah that was in a wrecking yard a long time ago probably got crushed cool yeah. thank you you know because yeah. my luck I'll buy Stacy's van I'll be towing it home and then I'll see my dad's van drive right past it and I'll go damn it <laughs> now I have to have two vans yep. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I it's something that I've always wanted and I stayed away from them because of the negative stigma but I'm 35 now and anybody You're that creeper age now uh, yeah anybody yeah, so. <laughs> that doesn't like my van can 
kiss it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, hey, I kid, just don't, I, you I want to buy some t-shirts? <laughs> I thought it would be funny to have, yeah. <laughs> you want to be a guest on my podcast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I actually thought it would be funny to get a personalized license plate that said no candy. <laughs> but yeah man that's my that's my current obsession i just i just want to have some fun with a van and you know i'm kind of a kind of an old school guy even though i'm young and it yeah. wasn't my generation i just kind of want to yeah. keep it alive and yeah i think know. it's very cool i mean yeah. my buddy eric that had the power wagon that rolled i mean he's got a van like my dad's now yes I, I don't think it has, I think it's a full panel, so I don't think it has oh, cool. the pod windows yeah. and the yeah. borders, but, um, but yeah, it's totally cool. And he's freaking obsessed with it and probably spends more time on that thing than he does on his Roadrunner, you know? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's a Dodge van, oh, yellow. It looks just like, it looks just like my dad's. So it's is he just... on social media? Can I hunt him down and look no. at pictures of his van? Oh, I I'll, I'll ask him for some. He yeah, put rally wheels on it. Yeah, it looks Sweet. it looks good. Really, yeah. rally? Oh yeah, you got to show me some pictures of that thing. All right, come on. All right, <laughs> I'll hit him up. I'll hit him for. Yeah, yeah. but he's like totally anti Facebook and stuff. Oh, okay. He doesn't doesn't do social media at all. So all right, cool. Then we can share pictures of his van everywhere, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. won't know anything Spread about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no man, that's cool. I um yeah. Like I said, I just didn't realize that there was still a subculture of vans. So that's that's cool to me because I I envisioned it as a way for me to take the show on the road. Because I was like, if mm -hmm. I do go to shows, you know, I set up a table and whatnot. But, you know, if I fly to them, then I can't really take all my stuff, you know, so yeah. it would make it the logistics of that was a little bit weird. But I thought maybe if I get into a good enough place with the podcast and I had a van not only would I have yeah. a place to have all my stuff and be able to store it, but I'd also have a place to sleep so I could save on hotels, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And if I really wanted to get crazy, you know, I could make it capable of towing so I could tow my dart or my tin, my tin grill to shows nice. and stuff. Cause I really want to go. There's a couple of things I really want to do. I want to go on the hot rod power tour someday. I yeah. definitely want to go to roadkill nights. I think that would be really fun. Yeah. And I have to go to Carlisle, uh, the Wellborn Muscle Car Museum. There's just so much stuff I want to do that's so far away yeah. Yeah. that I feel like I'd be doing a, a disservice to myself by just flying out there. Because I'm, yeah. I'm a truck driver by trade and I love driving. So right. road trips to me, nothing better. I love road trips. So maybe, maybe I'll swing down to California and you and I can go to Roadkill Nights in the van. <laughs> Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> that would be awesome. That um, would be cool. Yeah, we'll record it. <laughs> Put yeah. it on YouTube. <laughs> well, I think um, it, that would be kind of a cool spin is yeah. to, you know, take your podcast yeah. to the road and check out all these cool places and events and we'll bring you know, we'll bring those Mopar heads and we'll go find Freiburger and you can say, Hey, I want my charger back. Here's your heads. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, I saw that. I'm going to blow up your spot here real quick. Okay. I saw that Freiburger reached out to you and wanted to trade a 73 charger for those heads. <laughs> he did. He did. I know he was joking, yeah. but yes. <laughs> That's yeah. Funny. So he knows, he knows who I am. And he, uh, yeah. if you saw it, it was a petty blue 73 or four. I, I can't remember. Oh, really? But yeah, he, he jokingly sent me a, a message and said, I'll trade you those, uh, I'll trade you the charger for those heads back. Yeah, that's funny. God, <laughs> so, that's funny. That's cool, I though. Said, you know? I, I told him, um, I said, uh, well, you know they're 
they're signed, right? <laughs> the box is signed. So uh, oh. I'm going to need the car plus some cash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. What do you, do you have any plans for those heads or what? Uh, not, not anything in stone. Um, there's a couple of, what I'd really like to do is, I mean, if everything just worked out perfectly, what I'd love to do is put those heads on my dad's 68 charger, the blue Ooh. one. Yeah. And get that car all squared away. And I, I, it's, it's all patinaed, you know, the car is, you know, it's not in good looking, you know, condition. So I'd like to take it to the zip tie drags. I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't qualify for the $3,500 limit, mm. you know, cause even a crappy charger is worth yeah. thousands of dollars. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you'd have but, to enter uh, a LeBaron or something for a Mopar to be even qualified for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what would be really cool is if, you know, if he was there with general mayhem, I would love to park my dad's charger next to it, yeah. you know, and, and kind of show the pictures of the two cars and, because the hood that's on General Mayhem came off of my dad's car. So I, cool. I think that would be kind of a cool tie. And if I could put the cylinder heads on my dad's car and do all that, it's kind of it, yeah. it, it kind of nicely ties everything together, right? Gosh, that'd be, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. For those yeah. I just it just clicked. For those of you that are new to the show, because I know I have a lot of new listeners, Johnny Mopar, my guest today, is the former owner of roadkills general mayhem so if you go back to our previous episodes i i advise anybody that's new to this show to start at the beginning and work your way but my favorite episodes are direct connections where i talk to people and johnny's been the most frequent guest you get the award for frequent guest (laughs) right on (laughs) he's been on three times and every time's a good time we just you know shoot the shit and just have a good time and uh his story about the roadkill charger that used to be his i mean it's still one of the most listened to podcasts. So, the, I mean, I'm happy with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it went pretty well. And I, yeah. think, I think it, it's one of those interesting things because uh, you, uh, I, I don't know, I always kind of wonder when I see those cars on those shows and they're getting restored or, yeah. you know, like even on Roadkill in this case, um, it's like somebody owned that car before these guys. Yeah, you want somebody the owned the car before them. Yeah, what's the yeah. backstory? Like maybe even an original owner yeah. of, of the car would be kind of cool, you know? Just a curiosity, I guess. Yeah. But you yeah. never really get any of that. No, you know what I equate it to? I equate it to, and this is going to be kind of corny, but hear me out. I equate it to like superheroes. Like General Mayhem to me is a superhero, and every superhero has a backstory. How yeah. did Batman become Batman? You know, right. Bruce Wayne's parents were shot. By the Joker, yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. So it's like there's always a a cool backstory, and hearing General Mayhem's backstory was really fun for me because I'm a fan of Roadkill, a fan of General Mayhem, and yeah. you know you're my friend. So it was definitely yeah. cool when I found that out. I was like, what? Because I know that we met through Tin Grills. Yeah, yeah, we were both were fans of each other's trucks, and that's yeah. how that's how our friendship spiraled. And that's yeah. Um, when I found out you're the old owner of General Mayhem, I was like, what? That's yeah. cr- it's crazy, you know, and then you realize when you really get down to the brass tacks, it seems like everybody in the world of Mopar is somehow like six degrees of separation is yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's probably even crazier in the Mopar world. It's nuts who everybody knows somebody, <laughs> you know, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. That's cool. And I, and I yeah. think that one kind of worked out just uniquely because, you know, most people like. If that car, let's say that car went to some other TV show and they restored it, 
it would look nothing like it did when it was in my yard. The fact that, you know, yeah. Freiberger got the car from me and didn't do anything with the paint job, like, yeah. you know, left it exactly how it was is in the, the, I sent him the pictures, by the way, while the car was still in my yard. Cause, um, <laughs> I was like, hey, do you, I have pictures of the car when it was still in my yard at Romaland. Do, do, do you want them? You know, I can PM them to you or whatever. So he's like, yeah. So I sent him all the pictures and stuff. But, you know, it's you can see the car in my yard, of course, missing tons, you know, tons of parts. It's nowhere near as completed as it is today. But you can see the dent in the front edge of the red fender. You know, you could see the blue hood and the patina on it and where the hole was on the hood and you know you could tell that's the car there's no because they didn't change anything on it you know well it's even crazier than all that is eric lemay made a clone of general mayhem you know what i mean so the car's getting cloned it's like (laughs) shit somebody had to do it you have enough you have enough chargers you could start a general mayhem clone company and you just produce the clones and be like i was the originator of it anyway so (laughs) johnny mopar is the og of general mayhem that is hilarious god that's awesome wow oh yeah (sighs) well hey man we've almost gone two hours but i do have some exciting news i did post something on facebook and i reached out and said hey we're gonna do an episode here let's see if anybody responded because i basically said hey ask us anything just to see if anybody wanted to reach out and you know interact with johnny mopar and myself on today's episode let's see what we got here all right we got one that's okay. <laughs> that's a start right. well let's take a look here this is from josh turner he says i have a 1970 plymouth sport fury 383 my car has a curved-in back window, but I have seen the same year with a bubble-style back window as well. My question is, was that an option of some sort or maybe just a difference between late year versus early? And if so, which is which? That's a good question. I'm trying to think in my head. So that would just, I think, was, were there two versions of the Furies? Was there a fastback I... and just a regular... I think Coop? there might have been. I think because he said it was a Sport Fury, right? Yeah. So maybe there's a difference between the Sport Fury and just the standard Fury. There, There is a rare version. And I, they did it in 70 and they did it in 71. And it's I, he said his was a 383 car? Or? Yeah. Sport okay. Fury 383 1970. Curved yeah. back window. Man, I would have to add. I have a buddy, Steve. Uh, the heck is his last name? Steve Albu. He is a sea body nut. He knows know everything. <laughs> yeah, this guy knows everything about yeah. sea bodies. I'd have to get back to him on it. I don't know off the top of my head, but it wouldn't surprise me because, like we just talked about the Ram Chargers earlier, you know, all these weird little things that Chrysler did that you may not even know existed, you know, unless you have one. Yeah, because 1970 was the first year of the rapid transit system. And uh, gosh, I'm trying to I'm trying to go through all the stuff in my head because I did a lot of research about the Sport Fury for that episode. I just didn't dive as deep as I wanted to because I didn't have the time. Yeah. But I know that there's the Did he send a picture of it by chance? No, he didn't send a picture. I'm I'm picturing the rapid tra- the, the I'm picturing the Sport Fury GT in my head. That's what yeah, I'm picturing. Yeah, you know, that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. That one 
tiny yeah. little strokes that went all the way around down the sides of the car. Yeah, let me. I'm just gonna Google it really quick. I just want to see pictures of this thing. 1970. But we, hey, we got one hit, and neither one of us knew the answer. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, that's that's the game we play. We don't bullshit anybody here on talking about yes. us. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. I see the coop. I think I'm pretty sure he's talking about a fastback. Hmm. We'll have to get back to you, buddy. Um, Johnny, reach out to your friends and see. I'm going to reach out to the guy who owns the uh, Hearst 300 because he knows. I mean, he's a sea body guy, so he should know. Yeah. But I see there's one. So maybe it is just the GT that has the bubble? Interesting. I'm going to have to do more research now. Now I'm now that's going to bother me for the rest of the weekend. I'm going to have to <laughs> I'm going to have to right. look into that. But so. Hey, thanks for reaching out. That was a that was a good question. So thanks, Josh. I appreciate that. Um, we will get back to you and we'll just respond on uh, on the post. So cool. All right. Well, we got one. I was really we hoping it wasn't going to be a dud, you know, and that's yeah. hey, I like I like the challenge. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've owned two sixty nine Furies. If that really? means anything. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, what, what <laughs> well, haven't you owned, Johnny? <laughs> uh super b a 70 super b i have not owned oh, okay. or 69 we, hey we <laughs> got to talk about this mike coffee that oh man that car is amazing yeah it is that guy has all the luck i'll tell you that well all the money clearly and all the luck that car and is it, something else and connected yeah 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 god he's got a lot of friends what a cool car are you gonna get a chance to go see that thing or what oh i want to yeah he uh, I mean, he basically, he said, Hey, when it wasn't in his yard yet, he's like, it's going to be in my yard soon. So oh, man, got to come check it out. No, that car is I got to, I got to find an excuse to go check it out. Yeah. yeah. How far, Did you see how the, far away are you from? Him? Uh, it's probably through traffic and everything. I'd say it's like a 45 minute drive. Oh, okay. He's yeah. It's not, it's not terribly oh, far yeah. away. That's not bad. Um, yeah, I gotta find an excuse to go over there and check it out. It's that they those guys got, dude. Yeah, my God. Yeah, isn't that nuts? <laughs> Did you see the picture Mike got of the uh, of his of that RT from the the oh, previous with the white owner, top with the white top on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I saw that's that. like their wedding day or something yeah, like that. Yeah, just married yeah. and they got all the cans towed behind it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's cool. That man, God bless those guys that collected that you know those cars right and just kept them right. for all these years yeah. for people for crazy car guys to uncover these collections and go holy shit they have six pack yeah. super or wait he's got a coronet right it's not super e. it's a yeah it's a coronet rt, RT. Yeah. yeah still just as cool in my book um oh yeah and it you six know six pack car God. yeah and they're more rare i mean they didn't make very yeah. many of those is cars. that a, is that I... a numbers car yeah <laughs> four-speed pistol grip numbers the right color, God. Yeah. <laughs> white top. Yeah. Did it have originally white interior? Do you know? I think it did. Yeah. God. We're gonna have to the next time you and I get on this uh, podcast together for Direct Connections, we might have to see if Mike wants to jump on and talk cars with us. That'd be fun. Oh yeah. I'm sure Mike's he's got, got all sorts of stories. stories. Yeah, he does. <laughs> I wish I had the money to get that little A100 
often, man. He's got this white A100 that is bagged. And this thing yeah. is, I mean, it looks like it's into the ground. Is <laughs> how low yes. that thing is. And it's it's famous. If you look, because believe when I looked up Dodge Vans, I just had to look up bagged Dodge Vans. And <laughs> it's like all Mike Coffee's A100. I'm like, damn it. Yeah. He's everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that that car is really cool. And then Mopar's 5150 got the Challenger. God. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out what I'm going to do with a Dart and a truck and trying to get a van. <laughs> <laughs> These guys right? are getting all this cool stuff. But <laughs> So, speaking of which, how's, how are your projects coming along? Are you, uh... They're not coming along at all okay. right now. Um, <laughs> Sorry I asked. I, no, no, I'm no, just it's, kidding. <laughs> no, I, uh, I'm motivated to get them done. I, I just need to get out there in the garage, but I'm not going to lie. This whole COVID stuff has really kicked me in the teeth and mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's made my day job, you know, there's more work involved with that. So I'm working longer hours mm -hmm. and, you know, doing the podcast stuff. It really take. I mean, when I was on that show with uh, when I was on um, with Rob Kibbe, uh talking about doing podcasts, you know, he's absolutely right. There's a lot that goes into these things. Yeah. Um, you know, if you if you want a good show, I mean, you could I could post non edited shows and stuff. But I mean, you know, I try to put out as quality of a product as I can. Yeah. you know, so that it's enjoyable, but it just takes a lot of time. And to be honest, right now I'm trying to save money. And yeah. just because, you know, who knows what this thing's going to happen. You know, I just want to yeah. make it through the rest of this year. And then, um, because my goal was to have them both running by summertime, the engine for the dart is still not done, but I do have the 318, but I do have the 318. So I was like, all right, well, let me just do that project. And then I started to do a little bit of work on the dart. And then I felt guilty because my truck is in my wife's parking spot and she will never let me live that down. And it's been in there for over a year. And I told her it was going to be in there for two weeks. Oh. So yeah. So I've been in the doghouse for a better part of a year. Yeah. And, uh, but the truck's out there right now. Thank you for coming on the show because I'll be able to get this one done and hopefully have time tomorrow night to get in there and start working and trying to finish this wiring harness in that truck because that's the only thing holding me back really um oh, really? it started having wiring issues because the wiring was so shot on it, and it was so it was just dude, a rat's nest dude it was dude, those those trucks i mean unfortunately their harnesses were not the greatest i i couldn't tell you how many trucks i've popped the door open in a boneyard and it's like the clusters out and you just see all this fried wiring sitting there you know i've never seen a good one that wasn't fried yeah yeah you know, i, I think... don't see very many tins in the wrecking yard but when i do i always check because if i can just take one of those clusters and just yeah. save it then i will yeah. never have i seen one not burned never have i not seen a tin grill with some sort of you know backyard mechanic wiring job some screw job. I'm surprised they didn't have a bunch of toggle switches like that car you were talking about last time. Yeah, the Challenger. <laughs> yeah, the Challenger. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I look at them and I'm like, oh God, every time, you know? So, Dude, it, it's probably the only thing that ever killed them because... It is. I Like like that landscaper truck, that thing, that Spirit of 76 hammered all the way around. It's like, that's the typical Dodge thing. People just ran them into the ground. And I honestly don't think 
if if it didn't quit running, it would still be on the road. Like people just keep driving them till they completely die. And it's probably that harness that dies yeah. first. Oh, you yeah. know, it's like that's oh, it's time to send it to the junkyard yeah. now. You know, absolutely. But, that's oh man, it's a bummer. But that was the whole the whole idea with mine was okay. I know it runs. It's a slant six. You have to pretty much. <laughs> kill four of the cylinders for that thing to die. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I knew it ran. I was like, well, the carbs tired on it. So I just went the cheap route and I eBayed a two barrel Carter, uh, a knockoff, okay. a Chinese knockoff. And okay. it worked just fine. I fired it up first try. I was like, Oh my God, wow. I, I didn't even have to tune. I mean, I, I need to tune it, but I mean, it ran fine. Like, I, yeah. of course, there's some fine tuning involved, but I was surprised. So I was like, all right, sweet. And then like, oh, God, not even a week later, I got in there to do some work and start to address the wiring. And mm -hmm. it just it just would not stay running for me. And I'm like, what is going on here? So I, it was getting fuel, spark air. It's the only thing it could come down to had to be the ignition. It got to the point where I changed the, um, the actual ignition. I got a different ignition, and that switch like yeah, the whole yeah, harness. Yeah. Okay. So it worked, and I was like, okay, okay, cool. And then it started doing the same thing again. So as I started tracing things, I realized, okay, this is a complete. Just trying to figure out the wiring that the guy had set up. It was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to do an aftermarket harness. How hard can it be? Well, <laughs> if you're an idiot when it comes to wiring, and I don't know what, I don't know what I was thinking. Because usually when I take on jobs with cars, because I'm not a mechanic and I never pretend like I'm a know-it-all. You know what I mean? Yeah. With wiring, my intention was to do it all in a couple weekends and stay focused on it so I could, you know, keep track of what I was doing. Now that right. I spent so much time on and off the project, Thankfully, I I was smart about it and left it in sections. Like I ran all the wiring that goes to the back. I ran it through the frame. So now it's just mm -hmm. laying out of the back of the frame, you know, um, ready to hook up to all the lights and stuff back there. The engine okay. bay, everything is routed. I mean, I I went through and I loomed everything. I zip tied everything just so it's super clean and it will be easy if I need to trace something down because this harness, right. every six inches, it tells you exactly where the wire is going. So that's the easy part. Yeah. Um, And I have everything laid out in the engine bay. The Everything connected to the engine is good. It's all I have left in the engine bay is the lights. The cab... That's going to be a whole that's going to be a whole nightmare because it's a universal kit and they give yeah. you instructions and they're really good instructions if you know what you're doing. And I don't. Yeah. So, you know, looking at it, it's like reading Chinese, but I, ha I have every yeah. every type of wiring diagram for the truck. And so far, it's helped me. But now I've run into the problem of just coming up with the time. So, you know, thanks to my buddies like Johnny Mopar <laughs> coming and saving the day. I can probably squeeze a couple weekends and just get that thing done. That's my goal. I just want to get that thing done because once it's all wired up, I can fire that key. And if it doesn't turn, then I know I screwed it up. Right. <laughs> and I've, I got to be honest, man, there's been times in the past year where I have honestly thought about starting over with everything and going, you know, I'm just doing this wrong. I've, I'm in over my head, <laughs> sell everything I have and just start fresh with a different car and just focus on one project. But the problem wow. with that is I can't because I'm an addict. 
I have to have more than one thing going at a time. That's why I'm looking for a van. <laughs> I have no, yeah. Yeah. I have no reason to buy a van other than I want one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that's where I'm at right now. I'm hoping the next time I talk to you, I can tell you, Johnny, the truck fired up. <laughs> then the dash no, caught. Then the dash got caught on fire, and I sold it on Craigslist. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, well. Always a pleasure with Johnny Mopar coming on the podcast. Um, is there anything you wanted to cover? I'm starting to get I'm uh, starting to get tired and loopy. I've been up since four yeah. o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no, I I think I'm good, uh, man. I'm, we'll uh, you know I was throwing some pictures up. I figured yeah. I'd throw a few pictures up of the truck, and then I'll uh, I'll save the the carnage picture for you. Let me know when you're going to put the podcast out there, and I'll I'll send you a picture of it. Yeah, send me but some pictures. Like, I will, like we did last time I, for the promo yeah. stuff. Send me some pictures you'd like to see up there, and I'll I'll pick one. Yeah, yeah. okay, that'll be sounds cool. good. But all right, right guys. On. Well, thanks for listening as usual, Johnny. Thanks for joining me as usual. It's always fun, man. I love talking yeah. to you. I think it's always a great time. You, this guy's got so many stories, and to, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he had as many stories as you do cars. <laughs> 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 I guess every car is a story, but that's correct. I don't know, man. I feel like I'm gonna run out eventually. I know, so I'm trying to what what cars have we not talked about yet? Who we've mentioned them all. Probably, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that they're big stories, you know. But like the '69 Furies I just told you yeah. about. One of them was a uh, well. We'll leave it for some other nice. discussion. I like it. Cliffhanger. <laughs> Cliffhanger right. with Johnny Mopar. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's it. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. This is going to be another two-part episode. Johnny Mopar and I like to talk for two hours at a time right. because it's so fun. <laughs> and Johnny, like I said, Johnny's entertaining. I, I, usually, I just sit back and listen to the stories and interject every few minutes just to make sure everybody knows I'm still alive. <laughs> you know, so this has been fun, well, Johnny. As usual. Yeah, I always have a good time and thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. Anytime. Reach out. And Johnny and I have something special that we're going to be doing here pretty soon. So look forward to that. I'm not going to tell anybody about it right now. And Johnny isn't either. <laughs> but okay. we're going to be doing these a lot more often. I'll say that. Um, Sweet. So yeah, folks, no Mopar left behind. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Johnny. All right. See you, Chris. Thanks for joining Johnny Mopar and I for part two of this installment of Direct Connections. I love these shows because I love to talk Mopars with other enthusiasts, and it's always a great time talking Mopars with my friends like Johnny. So thanks to him for coming on the show once again. But before we put our foot to the wood, I want to answer a couple of questions from last week that were sent to Johnny and I on Facebook while we were doing the show. We tried to answer one on the show but didn't have the answer. Well, today I have the answer. First, we'll start off with John Turner's question, and he asked Johnny and I this. I have a 1970 Plymouth Sport Fury 383. My car has a curved back window, but I have seen the same year with a bubble-style back window as well. My question is, was that an option of some sort, or maybe just a difference between late year versus early, and if so, which is which? Josh, I did a little digging and realized that I was having a brain fart during the show, and I was actually thinking of the earlier Fastback Furies, not the 1970s. So the difference between your car and the others is simple. In 1970, there were two styles of roof lines available, the standard hardtop and the formal hardtop. 
it sounds like your car has the more stylish standard hardtop, which is very cool. Thanks, Josh, for sending in your question. I hope we were able to help you out. The second question we got was from Michael Irwin, and it came in after the show was over, so we weren't actually able to address it on the show. But Michael's question was, why hasn't Dodge come out with a high-performance convertible? Chevy has Camaro, Ford the Mustang. Isn't there enough of a market for Dodge? Thanks for the question, Michael. I'm going to take a blind stab at this one with no actual knowledge, but I would imagine that instead of putting the resources towards you know, engineering a convertible version of the Challenger because they're not going to do a convertible four-door. So the 300 when it was around and the Charger out of the question. But as far as the Challenger goes, I think Dodge decided instead of doing that engineering and the research and development of a convertible to just build supercharged monsters for the street. You know, I don't know about you, but if Dodge had asked me or the entire enthusiast market what they would rather have, Hellcats, Hellcat Red Eyes, Super Stocks, and Demons, or a convertible, I think I can speak for quite a few of us and say, hey, give us horsepower, give us death. Let the Fords and Chevys have the convertible, and we'll take the most powerful lineup in the world instead. But, you know, thinking about it, I'm like, the Challenger's already heavy. I would imagine that the amount of work going in to make sure it was strong enough to be a convertible and handle the power, you know, it would probably add some pounds on that thing, so... You know, they're already heavy gals. So, you know, I personally just give us the horsepower. You can keep the, you know, sunny days. I'll, I'll use a sunroof. You know what I mean? So that's what I think. I don't know if that's actually what FCA was thinking or what. But, you know, I'm not going to complain about what we have as far as challengers. You know what I mean? Um would it be cool if there was a convertible? Yeah. And actually, there's a lot of aftermarket companies that make convertibles. I've seen them. God knows how expensive they are, but they're out there. If you really, really have to have a Challenger convertible, I'm sure you can find a company to convert one for you. But that's my answer, Michael. I hope I was able to help you out a little bit with that. Thanks to you and Josh for sending in your questions. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopar's Direct Connections is in the books. For more information about this podcast or to listen and subscribe to the show, please visit TalkingMopars.com. And don't forget that you can send me your Mopar stories, your questions, comments, complaints, suggestions, and everything else on your Mopar addicted mind to Chris at TalkingMopars.com. Or you can leave me a voice message on my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR to hear yourself on the show. Folks, don't forget to take part in the Build Mopar Community Built Project car from my friends over at HemiPages.com. The car is named the Dart Pack. It is a 1968 Dodge Dart Superstock Tribute car with a modern Hemi. For more information about the Dart Pack and the project, head on over to buildmopart.com to learn about the project and how you can participate in the build without spending a single penny. It's going to be a lot of fun, and the car is going to be debuted at the Modern Street Hemi Shootout in 2021. Details on that to come. But for now, head on over to buildmopart.com. Also, if you've always wanted a Hemi-powered classic Mopar, but you just can't afford the second-generation Elephant, I know I can't, I would suggest hunting down a third-generation Hemi. Those are the ones found in your modern Mopars, and take that Hemi and throw it in between the fenders of that classic Mopar you got. And to help you iron out all the technical details and get all the info you need to do the swap yourself, head on over to my buddies over at DIYHemi.com. 
they can help you simplify the process so that you can have a reliable modern Hemi at a fraction of the cost of a classic elephant. The best part is that with that Gen 3 Hemi, you have access to a ton of aftermarket options to make it even more powerful and still have that reliability found with fuel injection. So head on over to DIYHemi.com. One last thing before we go. If you'd like to help support the show, jump on over to TalkingMopars.com and head on over to the store and click Visit the Shop. There you will find all the current Talking Mopars merch like t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, stickers, and more. So not only can you get some cool stuff, but you can also help me keep pumping out this Mopar awesomeness for you every week. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars Direct Connections. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.